from the grave for another episode of Scaring is Sharing. Up from the crypt to share our scares with each other and you. (laughs) And then a creaky door sound effect. You know what I wish they had? I mean, I I love around the holiday times, any holiday, like I like watching the holiday-centric episodes of certain things, like all the Thanksgiving episodes of Friends around Thanksgiving or whatever. But I wish Mm -hmm. there was just like a dedicated channel that just showed like back-to-back, like different TV shows, all of their seasonal episodes during that time. Yeah, that'd be good. Like, because around Halloween, I do like as many Simpsons treehouse of horror episodes as i can roseanne also always had really good halloween episodes. yeah and then uh thanksgiving i was trying to watch all of the bob's burgers thanksgiving episodes because for that show that's like the specific holiday that they always have one every season is thanksgiving okay um but like you're saying it'd be nice because the interface on hulu for bob's burgers like they have like and here's the thanksgiving episodes but it doesn't like fucking flow at all. Like you'd watch an episode, but it doesn't roll into the next Thanksgiving episode. It jumps you back to like, you know, in the season order. Uh, and you're like, what? I want this playlist. Why won't you let me just play this? Yes, as a playlist. playlist. Thank you. That's what yeah. I am looking for. So and in, and channel, the, Simps- the Simpsons uh, on Disney Plus, they do the same thing where they have like, a page where like here's all the halloween episodes but when you hit play on one it does not just roll into playing the next halloween one it you know jumps you back into the order of the season episodes and you're like now what is wrong with you computer <laughs> geeks there should be a bit of code that's really easy i bet to do you just haven't done it and thank you all for joining us that <laughs> over there that i'm looking at is jeremy the sasquatch slim rusk and that is Brandy Joe, the flame and scream queen, Clambeck. <laughs> well, thank you so much for either joining us for the first time or returning from the crypt with us as well. Yeah, this is a podcast about horror movies, not TV shows. So if you're confused by that rant in the beginning. But I mean, we talk about a little bit of everything. Yeah, well, I mean, we could really talk about whatever we want. Yeah. It's our, our fucking show. But we like to share our experiences with horror, share the news we hear, share fun topics, a lot of stuff. And you know what? Sometimes some of you return the favor. Like this week, we have uh, a little a little mini handful of telegrams that I'm super grateful for. So, yes, Jeremy, kick us off with one. Without further ado. Okay. Uh, also, he didn't sign it. So off the top, this one comes from my brother. Robert Burt, uh, and the subject line is Portlock. Uh, and here we go. Picture this, a town out on the coast of Alaska at the end of the 1940s, a place with a thriving fishing and lumber industry on the verge of becoming a city. Then one day, all 100 plus residents of the town abandoned it. 
That town was called Portlock and it has been a ghost town for the last 70 years. Every state in America has a few ghost towns. I remember when Jay, that's me, and I tried to go to one and we almost got stuck in the middle of nowhere. That's a whole story. Well, it's not really a whole story, but I can give you context to that if you want to know more. Uh, now, what usually causes a ghost town is a collapse in industry or a decrease in population. Sometimes it's environmental, like that town with the underground coal fire. I think that's in West Virginia somewhere. Okay. Other times, it's as simple as the a new highway being built. Uh, what makes Portlock different is that it was not abandoned because of any of the usual reasons it was abandoned, because within two years, 30 people were killed by an unknown animal and then he goes bigfoot they were killed by bigfoot uh now the only reason i know about this story is that it has popped up on uh some of the paranormal shows that i watch on discovery plus uh, i know specifically there's he didn't mention the name there's a series called alaskan killer bigfoot that talks about this story uh there is even a new show just about a group of guys exploring the area seeing if it is possible to resettle the area and of course bigfoot activity starts happening as soon as they arrive uh Minus the bad reality TV, this is an interesting story. People under siege by Bigfoot. If you ask me, it could make for an interesting horror movie setup. Bigfoot horror is hard to do and even harder to do well. If you had to do, uh, that's true, because there's a lot of really bad, like there's maybe like one or two actually good Bigfoot movies and like everything else is trash. And he says, if you had to do a Bigfoot film, how would you do it? Or if you did a cryptid film, what cryptid would you use? Uh, and he says he would like to use Bat Squatch or the Van Meter Visitor. What's a cryptid? A cryptid is uh, like a shorthand for uh, unknown, an unknown animal like Bigfoot. Because uh, it comes from the word cryptozoology. That's what they call the, the pseudoscience of like looking for the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot or like animals that supposedly exist or what have you. But people just call them cryptids like the famous creatures themselves jersey devil bigfoot nessie nice i mean the best way to do a bigfoot movie is to do it scary mm -hmm. but it's hard to do with like a like what bigfoot is thought of to be i just feel like it's too easy for it to just look like a a, a really tall man in like a suit like a in, yeah. a in a furry suit doing shit i feel like it works well like willow creek you saw willow creek right i love willow creek and i'm one of the i feel like willow creek's like divisive i see a lot of people are like really? that movie sucked yeah i've seen that on the oh. internet a lot and i'm like i thought willow creek fucking rocked but i mean it to me felt like it took too much from the blair witch project yeah, it, like maybe tone down the found footage bit, but I like the general setup of people in the woods, like terrorized by an unseen creature. Yeah, I did think it was good, though. Like for the yeah. most part, there were some creepy scenes and the ending was really interesting. I was reminded of it recently. It was on one of those watch horror or watch culture whatever one of those like countdowns they have watch mojo yes watch mojo thank you watch mojo horror i think uh -huh. that they have their own spinoff channel now mm -hmm. and it was good it was it, yeah it reminded me i was like oh yeah i did really like that movie but there were just bits about it that, but so that's to me the best bigfoot movie i've seen and then i liked mm -hmm. that documentary which went into so much more yeah than just bigfoot yeah but it was creepy. That was a creepy documentary watching it with the and it's yeah. The setup was, of the story and all that. Yeah. But as far as other cryptids, I, I don't know. I guess I'm intrigued by the combos that could be out there or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the ones he mentioned could be interesting. I feel like Bat Squatch 
and you guessed it, it was supposed to be a giant, like Bigfoot-sized bat thing, either. <laughs> like, like the Mothman. Are... Yeah, and I want to say it's near Mount St. Helens is where allegedly the bat squatch is in that region. Like, there's stories that, like, after the volcano erupted, uh, it disturbed something out there, and people are like, now there's this giant bat creature out there. And then the Van Meter Visitor, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, I think that one if I'm remembering my cryptid lore, was like a pterodactyl thing that people saw, claimed to be seeing in um, Van Meter. And I can't remember where that was, but that one's from like the 1800s or something. Like it's from over like a hundred years ago or more where there was like newspaper articles of it. So it's one of those oddities that you can pull up, see there's real publications that talked about it, but they just said people were claiming to see a giant dinosaur thing like flying around. I also think that one of the challenges with, any of these sorts of films is nowadays they lean too hard into CGI. And if you try to do practical effects, it could look too hokey. So there's just that I, it's difficult territory to yeah. do it in a way that looks realistic and feels realistic. Like, I feel like you gotta go practical, but mm -hmm. also like, I think you have to have a lot of money then, or, or maybe not. Maybe that's, I think that's one reason Willow Creek was so good is it went that more Blair Witch seeing less mm -hmm. territory. I think that helped it a lot. was more effective. So there's just that, that hard middle ground that I think needs to, it needs to reach in order to be good. Sure. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, essentially answering the question, I think Willow Creek perfected it. I think you have to be in the woods uh, with just the menace being the overall vibe where you're not fully seeing the creature, but you know it's coming for them and attacking people. Um, but the problem is, I think of Harry and the Hendersons. That's still like the most famous and probably best made Bigfoot movie ever. Yeah. And he's friendly. And so when you think about Bigfoot, people often picture him too. And it's like, they nailed it with that design, but it's like, how do you make that scary? Cause that's, you know, friendly for everybody for the most part. So you'd have to like radically, well, not radically change, but change the character enough, your creature enough to look scary. But it's like, that could be difficult because, yeah, you know, I, and I feel like peaceful Bigfoot. I think killer Bigfoot is starting to become all of a sudden like the new version where people are like, maybe it kills people. Uh, after Harry and the Hendersons, I think we've had peaceful Bigfoot for a long time as like, what people choose to think of it where they're like the reason we can't find it is it's so scared of humans and it just wants to stay away from us and it's you know probably mm -hmm. like most like gorillas i think people relate it to gorillas and those are actually very docile for the most part and you know vegetarians and stuff so they don't attack other animals mm -hmm. but i i like the discussion and i i love a good ghost town so oh and i gotta tell you the ghost town yes. okay uh, his little aside there was because we went up to, um, years ago, we road tripped up to a music festival with some uh, college friends of mine uh, that was in Petoskey, Michigan. And on the way up there, I don't know where I saw it, but I had read about that there was a ghost town, like between on the path we were taking, there was like a, uh, you know, a Michigan ghost town because Michigan used to have a lot of like mining towns and stuff back in the day that just got abandoned. And now there's just the buildings sitting there like an old timey you know frontier ghost town if you will so we we're like oh there's one that's supposed to be like 
it says it's down this. It just had vague descriptions of like, go down this road, you know, this street name, and then you're going to find an unmarked road, go down that road, blah, 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 blah. And so we tried to do it on our way out there. And like, we found an old cemetery, I remember. And then it's like, okay, it says keep going. That was like the old town, blah, blah, blah. And we're driving down this wooded, just uh, like clearly it had rained and like the road was all bumpy and uneven, you know, dirt road. Um, And we drove for a minute and we're like, I don't want to go any further because we're literally in the woods now, like no cell service. We're like away from any town. We hadn't seen a house in forever. And we're like, "Uh, let's turn around. This is taking way too much time (laughs) out of our uh, trip to get up there. Uh, And as we turned around, I got the car stuck for a minute in like the woods like in that weird there was just barely enough room to try and turn around so took some doing but we had to get out of the dirt but we almost became residents of a ghost town in the middle of the woods there were you scared that the rotary park bandit was gonna come for you the rascal (laughs) he followed us (laughs) no but i was like there could be anything you know I, i was thinking like hills have eyes cannibals probably live in that ghost town knowing our luck and we're screwed now that's how they get you. They, they tell people, come see this ghost town. Uh-huh. You just get jumped. Yep. So, but we got out of there. You made it alive. We made it alive. But that was our scary ghost town. It was trying to go see the ghost town. We didn't even find it, but we almost got lost in the middle of the fucking woods. So I like that. It's a good yep. setup for a horror film. It well, is. Well, thank you, Bert. You're the best. And you can just tell from the way he writes that he's your brother. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> You're cut from the same cloth. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, this comes from a friend of the podcast, Tess, and she writes, Hello, my favorite Sherry Scares. Thanks for keeping scares coming to us all. In your last ep, you addressed some of your preferences for remakes versus originals, and I wondered if you would indulge us in a lightning round of yay or nay for some of the well-known horror remakes. I think Mm. you've already addressed your preferences on several J-horror, the Rob Zombie Halloweens, King Kong, and others, so this list is trying not to repeat but is certainly not exhaustive as remakes are definitively a constant in the genre. So here we go. Well, then she writes remake or original. So she's originally said yay or nay, but then it says remake or original. So you could read the title and then we're just assuming we're talking the remake and I'll say yay. Well, let's say whether we prefer remake or original and yay or nay on the remake. Oh, okay. I so like it's a two-hander, but let's not... Because you can like both. You can. Yeah. But there are a lot of them, so let's not take much time, like she said, a little lightning round. So yeah. first off, Evil Dead, remake or the original, which do you prefer? Oh, shit. Uh, I prefer the original. Yes, prefer the original and yay on the remake. But yay on the remake, because they did a good job. Yep. Poltergeist, do you prefer the original or the remake? Oh, God. Well, I love the original. I didn't... I don't think I ever saw the remake. But you'd I hate just, it. You'd prefer it looked, the original. It looked fucking abysmal. Like the trailer nay, looked nay, terrible. Nay. Okay, nay. so. Do the nay-nay on the poltergeist. Nay-nay-nay-nay. I, I have no interest in seeing it. So. No, please. Amityville Horror. Do you prefer the remake or the original? Oh, shit. The original and the nay emoji. on the remake. Giant nay. Oh, the only good thing about the remake is his body, Adi, is so Well, slimy. yeah, Ryan Reynolds is a hottie, but, oh you my know, God. That, but that remake sucked ass. Nay. Nay-nay on the remake. All right, Psycho, prefer the remake or the original? I mean, <laughs> Ridge, nay, nay, nay. 
Nay, nay, nay. <laughs> Agree on the remake. So bad. Re My husband remake. loves it, but I hate it. What? How? How? It's the most unnecessary film. I know. I don't. My husband is so weird. He has the oddest choices in what he likes and doesn't like. It's so bizarre. Yeah, doing a remake that's shot for shot, of like the original. What's the fucking point? Yeah. So yeah, get rid of it. All right, let the right one in versus let me in. Do you like the remake or the original better? Uh, I, I like the original better. Um, yes, but but, but yay on the remake. Agreed. Yay on the remake, which is very good. There's one amazing, amazing scene in it for sure. But it's overall pretty good and does kind of its own thing, I feel. Pretty much we only like originals, I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> the Thing. And what's it called? The Thing from Outer oh, Space? Oh, shit. Okay, this one's the thing from another world is the original. Thank you. Uh, and then John Carpenter's The Thing. I prefer John Carpenter's The Thing, but I do love both. But uh, this is one where I think the remake was better. Yeah, and I've not seen the OG, so you'll need to give that to me someday. And yeah. definitely yay on the remake. So good. War of the Worlds, I've only ever seen the the remake, I guess. I've never okay. seen an OG. Uh, I prefer the original uh because you know it's a 50s science fiction you know it, it's fun and it scared the crap out of me as a kid um but the tom cruise one i was gonna say nay because i don't remember yeah, liking it i think nay it's because it's like i remember the first time i saw it i was like it was okay but like i've rewatched it and i'm like it's not like great spielberg yeah. it's one of spielberg's handful of missteps i think where it's like i don't know what you're thinking with this one all right the hills have eyes do you prefer the original or the remake Oh my god. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um lightning round. Go, go. Go, go, go. I, I honestly think I prefer the remake. Okay, I prefer the, the original, original, but yay on the remake. And I say yay on the remake, of course. But just just by a squidge cuz I rewatched the original and I think it's a little more boring than people like remember, you know, not that that's a necessarily bad thing, but I think it's slower, I don't know. I need to rewatch both of them again. All right, The House of Wax. <laughs> remake or original oh god i've well, only seen the remake so i prefer that and i say yay and so technically this is an interesting one tess maybe you know this maybe you don't i don't want to be you know up here mansplaining or anything like that but there's actually three house of waxes because the original was mystery at the wax museum then house of wax with vincent price was a remake of that movie and then they made you know the one with paris hilton and all that lightning so. round which ones <laughs> Out of all of them, I prefer the Vincent Price one. Okay, which is the second? Yeah, the second in there, okay. and I say nay on the Paris Hilton one. Oh, I say yay, yay, yay. I mean, it's fun, <laughs> but I don't think it was a great... I think it's a good, bad movie. Uh, last House on the Left, OG or Remake? I prefer <sighs> the remake. I don't know, the OG is hard for me to watch, but I, I actually liked the remake, so I say yay on the remake, and I prefer it. I was going to say, I actually feel like I don't really love that property in general. Um... If, if I had to pick, I'm going to say the original. Okay. And nay but on the it, remake. It's, but it's fucking hard to watch. But yay on the remake. I thought the oh, remake was okay. a good good way of modernizing. Black Christmas, uh, duh, the original. Yeah. And nay on both remakes. I rewatched yeah, the first remake again because everyone talked about how decent it is. And it's really not. It's Yeah, a ridge. Bad. A ridge. 100%. Uh, and I never saw the newest remake. But and the original. Yeah. The, the, Prior remake from like the mid 2000s, I thought was awful. So, yeah, they talk about a, a director's cut that's better that never came out, but it's it's trash. It, some people think it's campy fun, but no. The Omen, OG all the way, nay, nay, nay on the remake. OJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the remake is a, another one where they literally just 
did the same fucking movie with so new bad. actors. The like, only good thing as... about it was it came out on 666, which was Yeah, it cool. came out on 666, and I love Liev Schreiber, but it's like, yeah, no. Yeah. He's no Gregory Peck. No. Uh, the next one, I've only ever seen the remake, The Fly. So oh, yeah, yeah, the remake, but is it I your prefer preference? the re- I prefer the remake. Uh, okay. The original is a you know classic science fiction, but I prefer the remake. And Carrie, uh, of course, OG, prefer that. But yay on the first remake with Angela Bettis. It's okay, not great, right. but I do love her. And I, nay on Chloe Moretz. See, I've never seen the Angela Bettis one, but I've seen the the more recent one and giant fucking nay on that. Ugh, so. so bad. Uh, the Wicker Man, I've never seen either of them. Um, I mean, I have to go with the original. The Wicker, because the... As much as I love Nicolas Cage and I love a bad Nicolas Cage movie, nay on that remake because it's pretty bad. And the original, I've confession time, only seen like once a long time ago. Uh, and I was like, why is this so good? This seems really slow and boring. So I need to revisit it with a yeah. more mature sense of taste. And Child's Play, duh, OG, and I nay. never saw that new remake. Oof, oof, so. oof. Nay, 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 nay. Do the nay, nay on the Child's Play remake. <laughs> and The Town That Dreaded Sundown. I prefer the remake, although it's really kind of more of a sequel. But, yeah, um, but I liked it. I have a lot of love for the Ridge. I know it's like real cheesy. And it's real. boring as fuck. Real. But there's some creepy ass scenes in it. When I was a kid, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, there's something about it. I love the faux documentary style of it like it that amuses me from uh, yeah, yeah but uh i just remember not really liking the new one that much but i barely remember it so i, I didn't love to. it but i but i would i think i'd rewatch it before i watched the og yeah the new town that dreaded sundown is unfortunately one of those that's lost in the booze mm-hmm. hole that was in my brain at that time as sure. we've talked about before so because I, I think i watched it with like a six pack of beer so i like do not remember it at all so <laughs> Well, and that wraps it. And then Tess concludes, okay, that's it. Always excited to hear your takes. XOXXO. Thank you, Tess. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And as we saw, for the most part, OGs all the way. And some decent remakes. Except for a few. Like the big profile ones, like Cronenberg's Fly and Carpenter's The Thing. Like those are really cool Yeah, remakes. Oh, it, my brother and I were just talking about that not that long ago, too. One we mentioned was The Blob. Yeah. I've never the remake seen the OG, of, but the remake's great. The, the remake is fucking really good. Okay, next uh, next email comes from friend of the podcast, Ethan. Another one Ethan. of our elite friends of the podcast. Uh, and Ethan says, hey guys, I just listened to episode 58. Last year, I tried to rewatch The Nightmare Before Christmas, but noticed the film wasn't as fun as I remembered it. I agree with Brandy Joe. The opening of the movie and the aesthetic overall are amazing, but Jesus Christ, things move slow. The end isn't amazing either. Even as a kid, I thought it kind of was just sprung up without any real reasoning behind it. I'm not going to say I hate it, but I'm not going to say I love it as much as I used to either. Uh, And yeah, Ethan, and I have to say, like I cannot like rationally discuss the movie. There's just too much of my nostalgia childhood too many things tied into it where it's it's hard to be like, you know, overly critical, truly critical. Uh, and then he goes on to write, on another note, I recently saw that Shudder had said that Dragula season four is its most viewed OG series of all time. 
Have you guys seen any of it or even have any interest to do so? I know it's adjacent to the pod in general, but was just curious if you have thoughts on it. Uh, per usual, thanks again for all the scares, Ethan. Thanks, Ethan. I want to watch Dragula and I need to watch Dragula because I do enjoy Drag Race. I had a good like seven year vacation from it, but mm -hmm. I've since recently come back to it. And I do find I like the other countries more than I like the US one because they're a little different. They feel a little less snobby or something. And I think the idea, I, I need to give Dragula a try because it is a little different, a little out there. I feel like I might get into it. And I'm just curious. So I got to watch it and I'm excited to watch it. And I know of the drag show. I know they're like all the rage uh, and I've just never watched any of them or gotten into it. Um, yeah. Not that I have any opposition to it. Just, I don't know, reality TV, I guess. Is that what we call it? Competition TV? I don't know what genre. Yeah, you put reality those competition, in. I think is how it's categorized at the, the Emmys. Okay. Yeah. I've just never... Uh, I don't know, since like the early days of Survivor starting, I just had never like gotten back into those type of shows for a long time because uh, just wasn't where my taste was for reality, you know, programming, but maybe someday. I love reality TV. Dragula, I, you and my wife, you guys mm -hmm. fucking love reality TV. We but... used to watch America's Next Top Model in the women's dressing room at grad school. Yeah, I she's told me all about it because that's like one of her <laughs> that's one of her co comfort shows. She rewatches old episodes when she's just like chilling and needs something on. Uh, so, yeah. And one of my favorite branch offs of a reality show that went horror was um, my super sweet 16 used to be a show on MTV. Mm -hmm. and it was like people's lavish 16th birthdays. And yeah. then there was like MTV did two horror like tv movies that sounds really familiar because i when those were on i would have been watching a lot of mtv uh in those days so all of that sounds very familiar it was called my super psycho sweet 16 and there were actually three of them and i did watch all three of them and i liked them it's been a long time but but i enjoyed them mm -hmm. so i think i fun. saw all three i definitely saw one and two i think i must have seen three too i remember when um I remember when MTV was doing like cheesy horror movies, like original uh, TV horror movies. What was that one, Monster Island? Do you remember that? With no. Carmen Electra, it had Carmen Electra uh, playing like, I think herself, if I remember, where she's supposed to host this like spring break on like an island and then there's monsters that come and kill everybody. I think they were just giant bugs if I remember the monsters, but like, God, I thought that was fun. But uh, who knows if I watched it now, what I think. Interesting. Yeah, I just want to go back for a second. Tess's email about remakes. Uh, Joe and I went and saw West Side Story on Thursday, which mm. is uh, Steven Spielberg's remake with Tony Kushner yeah. wrote the script. And talk about a way to fucking do a remake, like how we talk about the way to do it, the proper way. Like it pays a little homage to the original, but it really fleshes out the storyline and mm -hmm. does things in this like very fresh, innovative way. And it was just so goddamn good. And the original is just fantastic but it really improved upon it and in a way that i i was like you know very skeptical i think most people are about it when you take a really well-known property so it just goes to show it can be done and you can take something and flesh it out and give more backstory and make it richer and fuller like it just was a reminder that it can be done in the right circumstances i mean kushner and spielberg 
they were a pretty good team. That's good to hear too, because Steven Spielberg is a name where I'm like, you expect quality when you see that name attached to something. So like when he makes a disappointing movie, it's extra disappointing that it's, you know, that it happened. So now Nightmare Alley, the Guillermo del Toro, I still just have the hardest time saying his name. How do you yeah. say his first name? Guillermo. 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 Okay. Yep. Guillermo. Is Nightmare Alley horror adjacent at all? I was going to bring it up because I just watched the original recently. Oh, that's um, it's a remake? It is a remake, speaking of remakes. Oh, wow. Or rather, rather, Del Toro, is. it's based on a novel from like the early 20th century. Uh, it, of course, Del Toro's being all uh, uh, artsy about it, where he's like, well, I'm going back to the source material and doing a new adaptation. Uh, not necessarily a remake of the movie before, but I'm like, it's just a remake. They already made a movie. You're remaking the story again. Uh, but the original is, uh, it's a film noir. It's firmly okay. in the film noir category, um, but it is dark, man. And it's depressing. So, But not necessarily horror adjacent. Not necessarily. I'm wondering like, though. Is it more like gangsters and shit like that? No, it's actually about a carnival and like carnival sideshow people um huh. not necessarily freak show but you know the performers like uh i mean they're all con men but it's about like a fortune teller and this guy that becomes a fortune teller uh and him just trying to con his way through the carnival circuit like climb up to the top becomes big show uh and all the various you know characters scraping by that work at this circus this carnival and uh i feel like the imagery would lend itself to being horror adjacent because circuses and carnivals just have that same you know yeah horror adjacent imagery so and there's a geek the geek plays an important uh part of that which if you know your carnival stuff the geek is the guy that would bite heads off chickens and pretend to oh. be like a, a wild man usually it was a drunk in real life it was somebody that was so down and hard on their luck. They do anything for booze and a little bit of money. So they're like, you dress up as a wild man and you're going to eat like live animals for people and stuff. Jesus. So that's what the geek was originally in the carnival. Weird. So that's like that a big where that plot word point originated it. from. It, I don't know how it came to become like a, like nerd. a nerd. Like, yeah, but that's like an old use of the word geek. Oh my God. I carnival never knew geek. that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that's horror adjacent, I think, but it's not like a huge part of the plot, but it's yeah. there. So there's some creepy shit in it. Now, did you ever watch Carnival on HBO? No, I heard it was very good, though. I did, too. I think Nick Stahl's in it. Mm -hmm. And I really have always been curious because I know it does, I think, some adjacent things. It definitely has mm -hmm. some some darkness to it and maybe some supernatural shit. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Nightmare Alley, I am interested to see this new one and I can report back okay. once I do. So. Okay, because yeah, I'm a little on the fence, but I was hope I, I hadn't heard much on like horror sites and stuff about it, so I figured it probably wasn't. Mm -hmm. But also speaking of Guillermo, he did you read his article about Pet Cemetery? Yes. And, and I said, I'm like, please, I wish that would happen. I was like, yes, please let him make it, because he sounds like somebody that would be re reverential enough to enough reverence for the source material to do it yeah. well because talk talks... about bad remakes uh, uh, that recent one was a piece of shit so. at least we saw it together yeah we did and it every time i think about it too it just makes me mad all over again i know because, because they change all the major elements from the book it's like not the core story anymore so i hate that
And that's going to be a series, and it's like a prequel, right, on one of the channels. That's like what HBO I heard, Plus and it's like, uh, just, you know what I want to do is, like, why give it to Del Toro? The one thing from the Pet Cemetery book is the fact that it has the Wendigo creature, like, in the book. Yeah. That the movies have just never bothered to try and show or conceptualize in any way. And I think Del Toro would, like, latch, because he makes awesome monsters, even if they're just incidental, yeah. like, creatures. I can see... He'd probably have Doug Jones dressed up as the uh, the Wendigo in some cool costume <laughs> for like a scene. And it's like, yes, please do that. Now, also speaking of TV shows, did you, or rather series, I guess I should say, did you hear about Mike Flanagan's new Netflix show? He's doing the, the fall of the House of Usher. Yes, but it's like, sounds like it's combining a bunch of Poe elements. Yeah, I, I think you'd have to, because I mean, the story is... A short story like most of his work so it's like if you want to do an entire season of a show you're gonna have to draw from some other stuff too yeah but he's just so good about like taking something and just making it his own and stuff which i still yeah. need to watch midnight mass and i i gotta get on that me too soon. i keep hearing good things about that so yeah so i want to watch that so he's kind of becoming like he's jumping into this whole like i'm not necessarily making movies right now i'm making long format stories that are like a one season like event yeah which series. is awesome it's like which a long cool. ass movie it's yeah so great. that's, that's kind of cool so and also did you watch the texas chainsaw trailer teaser for the netflix movie yeah yeah it looks cool does it um i think so okay uh it looks fucking cool because i've i've had doubts about this thing the entire time when i found out like you know they're shooting in bulgaria or something like that where i'm like no I have nothing against the country of Bulgaria. I just know when American movies go over there to shoot, it's usually something that's got like, um, cause they go there cause the American dollar stretches really far right now and they have a film industry over there. So they have the infrastructure for it. But um, it's, uh, it's always movies that are really low budget, like and struggling to get made usually <laughs> that end up there okay. shooting. So, you know, it's like, okay, a lot of care and a lot of thoughts, not probably going into this thing from the producers. Um, and then there was the rumors of reshoots where the original director got fired in the middle of shooting. Uh, and then they brought in another director and we're saying they're reshooting like everything the first director did. Uh, and you're like, okay, that's never a good sign either. When in the middle of production, you have to change everything. Uh, and then finally they're like, and it's going to be straight to Netflix. So all of these things to me were like warning signs about this. Cause there hasn't been a good Texas Chainsaw movie in, well, I think the first remake was decent enough, but there, there's not a lot of good Texas Chainsaw movies. Yeah. And I thought Fede Alvarez was the director, but he's just a producer, but that still gives it some hope. Yeah. A little bit of hope, but Fede's... although I'm over him after all that shit I heard about don't breathe and i'm over him after don't breathe too sucked so it's like fede i think he's losing the magic so but the trailer looked good when it finally finally uh gave us some glimpses of leatherface and i'm like okay that looks creepy did you get any glimpses of sally is that a part of it at all no i didn't recognize her because i saw they announced the it's one of the actresses from uh mandy uh yes one of the cult members is playing Mm -hmm. the older sally but i did not Catcher in there. Just glimpses okay. of Leatherface. They don't show you his face. It's just, you know, an old man revving up the chainsaw and coming after people. And I'm like, okay, cool. I like that. I did watch the teaser for the game, which looks And fun. I'm 
And in fact, friend of the podcast, uh, Chris was texting me last night where he said like, oh my God, this looks so fucking good. So we were geeking out about that video game because we were both fans of the Friday the 13th game that that same company had made before. For a minute before it just fell apart because they couldn't make it anymore because of that rights issue. So uh, this Texas Chainsaw game. And I told him too, I, I heard that Kane Hodder played Leatherface in it. Oh, fun. Yeah, so he did the... I don't know the motion cap or the modeling or whatever for the character. So cool. Get it, Kane. Get it, Daddy yeah, Kane. Love him. Well, let's uh, sort of lightning round what we watched this week. Okay. Uh, really, for me, other than saying Nightmare Alley, uh, the only thing of note was my wife and I did our annual uh, rewatch of Krampus. Oh, and did you watch? Have they released the R-rated naughty version? Uh, it hasn't, I think it just came out like days oh, okay. ago, uh, or no, what's today's date? The 11th. Yeah. I, either it just came out or it's about to come out like next week, but. Cause I need uh, to watch it in entirety since I fell asleep the first time and I'm going to watch that version. Yeah. I want to see the naughty cut. I understand it's not radically different. They sure. said all it does is it, it has a few more scenes of like explicit gore where you yes. can actually see like the violence, uh, and way more, uh, you know, fucks in there that got dubbed out to get a PG 13. But sure. other than that, that's like what it is. But I, I like Krampus. I'm a fan of it. And, and Sarah turned, likes it too. She loves it. And it's turned into like one of our annual Christmas watches. So that's cool. I watched the advent calendar on shutter, mm. which is a, a holiday themed flick. It was fine. It's like one of those truth or dare sorts of things. You know, really mm-hmm. the best of that genre is It Follows. That sort of like you get mm-hmm. stuck in something and need to keep going to or else dot yeah. dot dot. Like I'm going to call them the or else movies, like yeah. these situations. Like It Follows just did it so well and so uniquely and originally and beautifully. And mm-hmm. all the other ones are just so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it was fine. I would give it like a one and a half, two stars. Not great. Okay. And then I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out. <laughs> oh, cool. I just saw it on Shutter, and I've always wanted to watch it because that girl's face on the cover are Me too. was just like Jennifer Connelly. And I, I thought had... it had nothing to do with the others, but it's a totally like a, a sequel to them in regards to taking in the story. And, but I understand it goes in crazy directions, right? Isn't that the it one? It does with, like, some weird things. Yeah. Does it have aliens or some shit? No. In it? no. Oh, okay. One of them but, does. But he does, because what's his name? Mosley? From Bill Mosley. Yeah. Yeah. He's the killer, but like he's been in a coma and he has this thing on his head that I don't know why reminds me of Mars attack. So maybe that's where you're going to aliens from where it's like, he's been in a coma. So he has this like plastic dome on his head. like, <laughs> oh, And you can like see his brain like exposed and there's like liquid in there. Like it's keeping- awesome. That's it's so weird. It's so yeah, weird. I got to watch. I love just fucking out there sequels to franchises, which silent night, deadly night had the one you know classic movie and then just tons of insane sequels like what were they thinking with all of these yeah and i i think i'm gonna keep watching them it i wish it would have gone a little further with being more crazy and fun but Mm -hmm. the weirdest thing is there's one scene where there's a, a couple of scares that happen and it's like someone forgot to score it it was the only time i jumped in the movie so i mean it was like something was done right 
But it was just weird because like it was like a whole little sequence and there was just no music at all. And it just felt so weird and naked mm -hmm. and not like a choice. It felt like an accident. So it was very bizarre. Cool. But I the score is fun. The score is very. Okay. It's like 88 or 89. So it's just like. Sure synth synth synth, synth and yeah. yep and and it reminded me a lot of like halloween like the 2018 there were elements of that very much to me okay so i got it felt kind of like that i gotta check it out i also want to give a quick shout out to like they weren't true watches because i was only catching bits and pieces uh but uh hanging out with uh, a friend of the podcast elite friend is he even a friend like silent partner to us because our he was our composer nick, nick. the knife Nick the Knife hanging out at his house. Uh, usually as like background noise, he's got uh, Pluto TV's horror channel on. Uh, okay. So we've watched bits and pieces of like various Hellraiser sequels recently. And like, by God, are those just ridiculous at best, terrible, just utterly terrible at worst. Uh, okay. Like, I'm trying to think. We, we were watching part of Hellraiser 4, the one where they're in space. Hellraiser 5, which is like a detective story or something. There's... Uh, one of the way more recent ones that looks like it's just somebody's fan film like that uh, what is this yeah there's some bad ones so please somebody I hope these new projects save Hellraiser <laughs> David Gordon Green with your new one do something good and that movie that Hulu's making please guys save Hellraiser make it good again and on the most recent US season of Drag Race uh, got Mick, who was one of the finalists. He was a, a trans guy who I think it was the first trans guy that was on RuPaul, at least the US one, from my understanding. But one of his final looks was Pinhead, like mm -hmm. as like a drag queen Pinhead. It was so awesome. That's cool. And I know after that, like his Pinhead hadn't been announced yet. And they were, I, I feel like they, there was either rumors or whatever that they were going to talk to Got Mick about possibly like playing it, like yeah. or auditioning or something. I don't know if that actually ever happened or if it was all just talk, but, but, but it the was Hulu a movie. Cool yeah. The, the Hulu movie, uh, you know, it, Pinhead is uh, female in this yeah. version. So that's going to be cool. Which, yeah, sounds very cool. That's a good twist. Because if you want to go back to the source material, uh, Clive Barker, when you read the original novella, talks about all the Cenobites being like androgynous and strange. So it's like, but with a, you know, very sexual edge to them. So it's like, yeah, cool. Experiment with it. Do all kinds yeah. of weird shit. Please. I love it. Well, awesome. We have been chattering, 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 is, chattering. We had a lot to talk about. It is time to share our scares with each other. We're going to give each other a movie, assign it to watch that the other one hasn't seen before. This mm -hmm. one is one I've wanted to give you for a long time, and it's very fitting with the season. Yes. Do you know what it is? No. <laughs> it is The Visit. The visit. Oh, this is M Night Shyamalan, isn't it? Yes. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. I I what know. What do you know of it? I know of this one where it's um, like I remember the trailers and all that. Like one of my friends saw it and said, like eh, it was pretty decent. Like if you like M Night Shyamalan, check it out. It was kind of like a return to you know spooky form for him. Something that was actually like thrill, you know, thrilling, a nail biter. Um, I know it's kids going to visit like their estranged grandparents. Or maybe it's like a great aunt and uncle or something like that, you know, elderly family members that they haven't seen in a long time. Uh, and they start acting fucking crazy. Uh, and I don't know if it's one of those stories. I know it's Shyamalan, so there will be a twist ending because he just cannot help himself. He has to have a twist, even though sometimes it would work better if there just wasn't an answer. So I think the twist, yeah, they go and stay with the in the 
grandparents are acting crazy. And I either it's going to be one of those movies that's exploitative of like dementia or whatever and some mental illness where like, yeah, they are not well and that's what's actually going on. Or there's some other thing, like they're possessed by demons or some <laughs> crazy shit. And I'm throwing a new element into our assigning this okay. week. Why haven't you seen The Visit? Why haven't I seen it? I yeah. didn't see it because it came out. I remember the trailers and the ad campaign being ever present when it did come out. And I was burnt out on M. Night Shyamalan. All right. Uh, I, I hadn't wanted to see a movie. of. I still haven't wanted to see a movie of his since like Signs. That was the last. I think The Village actually was the last thing. No, no, no. I saw Lady in the Water for some reason uh, when that came out. And I was like, this. no, okay. I keep lying. <laughs> I keep lying. I wasn't interested. The Village is what burnt me out and was like, he's not going to make good movies anymore. Uh, but I saw up to the happening and happening was the last thing I watched oh, yeah. and was oh, yeah. like, I will never watch his movies again. <laughs> but since then I've now seen like, did, did split come out after the visit? Yes. I think okay. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure it did. Yes. Okay. Cause then I saw that because I heard I, that I thought was pretty. You're just pretty, lying to me. Over I'm lying. Over. But at the time the visit came out, I didn't see it. Cause I'm like, I'm over M night Shyamalan. Sure. And then have just now, I know he's made a few good things here or there now again. So I'm like, I should go back and revisit. But that's why okay. I haven't seen The Visit. That's why I haven't visited The Visit. Okay. Well, now you will. Okay. And I'm going to give you, I'm going a little more. And I no, hope you know, I'm just going to say this. This is your last Christmas assignment you can give me. My la The last holiday one. Because next week we have our guest. And that yeah, will be exactly. our Christmas episode. Okay. So this is it. This is the last one, so, man. I'm shooting. Do the big one. Do you the said big it's one? weird. It's weird. I'm doing, it's the big one. It's weird. And in fact, in a way, I'm like, I'm kind of punishing us for your reaction to Nightmare Before Christmas. So oh, God. You're always <laughs> it's, a movie I, it's a movie I haven't thought about for a long time. And I remember I saw it in like college and thought, well, that was stupid and fun. And then I keep seeing it get mentioned online. And in fact, it is tonight. It'll be after the fact when people hear this, but tonight, Strange Cinema Saturday is playing it. Oh. And that is Santa's Sleigh. Oh, S-L-A-Y. Santa's Sleigh. Do you know of it? Do you know anything about it? I just it? know it's uh, a horror holiday slasher, I think. And I think it's literally going to be Santa and he's going to kill people. It doesn't matter if you're not. I think that Santa has a mental breakdown and Mrs. Claus leaves him. The elves go on strike and he's like, you know what? I'm done with this shit. And he's going to mm -hmm. go postal and sure. just start chopping people up with yeah. an axe. I kind of, kind of see this as like a companion to me giving you thanks killing a little while back. So like, this is the big one, baby. This is the one to sit through. Um, I feel like, I haven't seen it except for the one time I saw it in college and was like, this is either so bad it's good or it's just terrible. But I remember having fun with it. So let's see how we feel this time around. But awesome. for some reason, the internet, it's it's popped up again. It's floating around out there when people talk about Christmas horror movies. So let's do All it. Right. And the reason I haven't seen it is because I barely know of it. And like for the most part, holiday horrors are not something I go to unless it's something new and innovative like Krampus or whatever. Yeah. This um, is yeah. literally a movie that to me, most of the memory is just, I saw this sitting on video store shelves 
because mm. it's mm-hmm. like that far back is when it came out it, like straight to video i remember it being at like family video sitting there in the horror section so all right let's, let's do it Sid, don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative <laughs> We're back. Yeah, we are. Happy almost holidays. Yeah, we've watched some movies. Um, they're kind of well, one is explicitly a holiday movie, and the other one is sort of, I think. Yeah, I guess I gave you both snowy movies last week and this yeah. week. Like neither one of them, I don't think, ever mentioned a holiday, but they just feel like they're around the holidays. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because your your assignment to me, the visit, is clearly set in the winter, so it does feel like a that appropriate for this time of year yes so let's hop to it so the visit from 2015 by m night Shyamalan, a ding dong and the tagline on letterboxd is no one loves you like your grandparents and the summary is the terrifying story of a brother and sister who are sent to the grandparents remote pennsylvania farm for a week-long trip once the children discover that the elderly couple is involved in something deeply disturbing they see their chances of getting back home are growing smaller every day (laughs) so let's not be spoilery and then we're gonna have to be spoilery oh okay well i have a story for this so i'll wait till we get to be spoilery um (laughs) You've already seen it. No, I haven't actually already seen it. This oh, okay. was my first time seeing it, but I have something funny here. I don't know, man. Once it all was said and done, this felt like a movie that the premise was awesome. It's just, it didn't, I felt like it didn't stick the landing, like an execution. It felt a little off. One, I wasn't a big fan of the kids. Oh, uh, and they're God, the main they're characters. Annoying. And so that was pretty rough, uh, especially the boy where they're like, he's a rapper. And I'm like, why the <laughs> this part of the story like this is just not even interesting or funny just annoying and i also was really annoyed by the girl in that she was clearly the avatar of m night Shyamalan in the movie because she's a wannabe filmmaker and she has constant dialogue of her just talking about shit that you would get out of a film theory like textbook in a film class uh, and it's just like, okay, he wrote and directed this. Clearly, she's the proxy for him in the movie to then just talk about film shit that he wants to put in a movie, I guess. So that was kind of annoying. And a, like a big, big issue I had with the whole thing. And I don't know if this is a direction issue, if it's a casting issue or what. Nobody's performance felt genuine for the most part. Or at least the, 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 the creepy grandparent couple were okay. Uh, for you know they did all right with what they were given but it was just generic crazy person shit for the most part which you know is kind of like can we move on from that that feels a little dated but i love katherine han and she was and she was terrible in this like this was not a good performance for her or at least you know it didn't feel like katherine han it didn't feel like a genuine you know there's no urgency. Nobody had any urgency about this situation. I will say until the ending, like all of a sudden it got really good at the end. And I was like, why did it not carry this sense of urgency like through the entire movie? Because they were just hanging out with the grandparents. There's nothing urgent there. Yeah, but shit got weird real fast. And it's like, there <laughs> should be a lot more like fear here. And it just didn't, they're like, well, she's running around naked. All right. <laughs> and it's like, 
It's sundowning, Jeremy. Yeah, and it felt like it was a million hours long, which is not a good <laughs> sign for like pacing where I'm like, oh no, it's only a brisk 90 minutes, but it didn't feel like it, like it was, felt like a seven hour movie by the time I was done with it, so. I think this is maybe the fourth time I've seen it. It's difficult the fourth time in to enjoy it. I was like the first time I very much did and I didn't see the twist coming. And so it was a fun surprise. And then I watched it once on acid and that was kind of fun because the person I was watching it with hadn't seen it before. So that was kind of an enjoyable <laughs> moment. But then this time I was like, oh God, those kids like, okay. I was going to ask, how have you watched this four times? Because I'm not sure I'm going to watch this a second time, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I think I I think this is my fourth time. Third or fourth, but I think it's okay. the fourth. And the, I love the grandma. She won a Tony for playing the matriarch in August Osage County on Broadway. Oh, okay. She's so good. And I think she's really creepy in it. And then I love Catherine Hahn, and I don't have any issues with her in this movie. I love when she's like when they're on the train and she's like running outside after them. And then she kind of like gets emotional and she's like trying to be funny. And I don't know. I still, I find hers to be the most genuine performance in it. And I really like her in it. I think she's very good. And I like that. She's not a great mom. Like, I like that. She's like, I'm going to go get some dick on this cruise and yeah. send you off with the grandparents. Without well, those ever kids are really, really fucking annoying. So I would <laughs> send are. them off too. So they are, so annoying like because the girls like no one talks like that and then the boys just super annoying yes and i think they're both australian which i i mean i think that their american accents were very good i wouldn't have known that mm -hmm. but i, I wouldn't have known they both, were not yeah, american either both aussies and i think there's a couple of really creepy scenes in it yes but i just wish someone could do a found footage movie without all the tropes of a found footage movie mm -hmm. <laughs> like can't someone do that can't someone do it without like that little buildup of like music that's not really there it's like a rumbling when something crazy is about to happen and just like all of the tropes like of like being in a room and seeing something zooming away coming back things popping into the frame like there's got to be a way to do a found footage movie like differently how does everyone do the same exact things yeah, and a lot of this movie had the, well, I, I guess the idea is she finished the movie after the events that we saw were done and edited it together. Cause I like thought it was kind of stupid that they're like Monday morning and it had like professional like graphics up there. I'm like, okay, so it's found footage. I thought the point is supposed to be, it's like raw footage that was discovered. Like, I feel like that works more when it's just, uh, and, and we discussed, you know, prior Willow Creek, like that movie, I think does found footage. It's one of my favorite found footage movies because he refused to do like professional editing in it. Bobcat Goldthwait, who directed it, because uh, he said that's a pet peeve of his is that like found footage movies pretend to be this footage that somebody found and you watch it, but it's got like professional graphics in it and music and it was cut together clearly. And it's like, no, it should just be like you're watching Roth video um, with no. But yeah, I, I forgave that here just because. Well, I, I think the first time I watched it, I was annoyed by that. But then you get to the end and it's like, oh, she edited this together after their experience. And that's like what we're seeing is the finished product. Mm -hmm. So I, I forgive that myself. Okay. Okay.
But like, I get it because I felt it. But then when you get to the end and you're like, and she's like, my brother made me put this in. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. When that was over the credits, I'm like, I have to get away from this. Like, I cannot watch him rap one more fucking time. Yeah, he is the absolute worst. He's also in Better Watch Out. And he's super annoying in that as well. And I don't, Mm. I think he's probably a fine actor. But like, Jesus, he's annoying as fuck. But I love the scene underneath the house. I love the scene with the grandma chasing after them. I think that yeah. is so fucking creepy. And that's early on. That's like one of the early little scares that I think yeah. is so good. And then I watched the trailer after it was all said and done. And they, and I actually, I watched two different ones, an international and then the regular one. And they show a scene with like the grandpa standing on top of the barn. Does, oh. That's not in the movie, is it? No, no, that oh, didn't okay. happen. It's very much like that scene Annette follows with the naked guy on top of the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sure I would remember a scene yeah. where he's standing on top of the barn. No, that's not in there. Okay. Um, I wonder how much ended up on the cutting room floor, too, because I read that this movie was like M. Night Shyamalan shot it uh, and created a rough cut. And then uh, no studio wanted to put it out. Nobody liked it. So then he like just had a movie he had done self-financed until Blumhouse like got involved. But I guess he re-edited it like a million times. So and I'm like, that's probably why tonally it's all over the fucking place. Cause it's like, apparently he did one cut where it was really like art house and a little more abstract. And then he did another cut that was like leaned way into the comedic aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then he did the final cut, I guess what we saw, which was like trying to be a thriller with some of those other elements still in there. But I feel like it's kind of tonally all over the place. Well, let's talk spoilers. And if you don't want to hear them, skip ahead just a little bit. We'll say what the spoiler is right off the bat. So you just skip on ahead a little bit. All right. Skip to my Lou, my darling. This is where my story comes in. Sarah watched this with me. And as soon as it started, she goes, is this the one where it turns out it's not actually their grandparents? And I was like, (laughs) I was like, so right off the bat. (laughs) What? A bish. I knew. I, I was like, that's what the twist is, isn't it? And it's not like the movie like telegraphs it pretty you know if you're paying attention because it's like oh wait Catherine Hahn is never actually looking at them and then the camera gets like she intentionally clearly messes up the well, camera that's the thing like once you know it seems so obvious but like i didn't get it have it figured out the first time and it still gives gave me like goosebumps when she does when she's mm-hmm. like who are those people like or like listen she's not like who are they because she like knows that they're not them so she's like listen to me you guys you need to like, although also call 911. Like, yeah, you know, or just like, and then they come back in the house and they're like, hey guys, what's going on? And the kids don't just like fucking run. Like, I would be like out of the house and just running for my life at that point. So, yeah. But like, once you know, it does seem so obvious, like all of the little things along the way. But I just, that's why I was so curious <laughs> if you would have known. I mean, because of course, once you know, it seems so obvious. So, Who's to say if you would have known or not, but like, that's the fun of it is if you don't know. Yeah. And it's like, it's like he took a classic urban legend right there. Isn't that always the, the twist of many different ones where it's like, and the person you thought they were turns out to not even be, you know, a cop or a firefighter or whatever, you know, it's always, that's such a core component of like American urban legends. It's always the crazy guy escaped from the asylum 
uh, you know, is pretending to be somebody else. It also feels very much like the village in lots of ways, like a found footage mm. version of the village, like that whole, like, don't come out of your room at night. Like even somewhere I read, maybe it was the IMDb trivia talks about how this and the village both lay out like the rules on like the poster. Mm. I mean, the poster here is like, have fun, do this. Don't get out of your room past 9.30 p.m. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, I, it's still... And whenever I see that poster, which I actually really like the poster that's sort of, like, embroidered, I always, from a distance, think it's a baseball because it kind of has the, the color of, like, a used baseball. And then there's, like, red bloody fingerprints on either side. And I always think it looks like like the markings on like a baseball, like the stitching. Mm -hmm. So whenever I just glance at the poster, I think it's a baseball. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's like a cross stitch, isn't it? Like, yeah. And it's a really like... cool poster. I actually yeah. really dig it a lot. And I mean, I would, I personally, just based on my opinions of M. Night Shyamalan movies, this would be in my top five of his, what? 10, 12? Like I, yeah. I would watch it more than, I would watch it again before Lady in the Water. I'd probably I don't know. I haven't seen Signs in so long. I'd probably watch Signs before this one, but I think I like this better than I like Signs myself personally. But yeah, I, yeah. I but guess it's not it's, a top three for sure. It's it's not terrible, but it's just like, but uh, very few of his movies, at least the handful. You know, I haven't seen every single one, but of his movies that I've seen, like only a few of them are movies I think I would rewatch like over and over. The rest are just kind of like yeah. Meh. Like so. the sixth sense is pure brilliance. And I really need to rewatch Unbreakable, which I always liked, but I've only yeah. ever seen it once in like 2000 or whatever. Yeah, those two, I think, I haven't watched Unbreakable in a long time either, but I still think, from what I remember, I feel like it holds up and it's like signs is where it starts to like dip. And then from there, it's just kind of free fall for a long time. <laughs> yeah, because so many of them are just so hokey. And I don't love the kids here and they're annoying, but like, I don't find the, the story to be overly schmaltzy and annoying. Maybe at the very, very end with like, yeah, I didn't Catherine get Hahn. like, I feel like the movie should have just ended when she's reunited with the kids, like in the cop car as the cops pull in, like I wanted it to be done then, but then it's got the weird extra thing of her being emotional about her. And it's like, that just feels again, it feels like another tonal, like jarring shift of, uh, because then all the fear has dissipated at that point. All the like crazy thrillerness when she's like, my parents were the kindest. But when she has that thing at the yeah, end where I'm like, yeah. and it makes me forget about that. This was a scary movie all of a sudden that I've already. All the adrenaline and fear has dissipated at that point. And I'm like, Ugh. well, tell your wife. Thanks a lot for nothing. Yeah, for I was like, I was like, you just knew that you knew the twist. And you just ruined the twist for me, didn't you? So rude. But. All right. Well, we're just we're gonna be done talking about this then. Uh, wait, one one more one more thing. This what? movie felt like watching it. I was like, this feels like taking of Deborah Logan light. Yes, a hundred percent thought of that as well. Yeah, like it's 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 because Deborah Logan was a little more intense, like a little scarier outright. I think so. This feels like it literally feels like the PG thirteen version. You know. Wait, was Deborah Logan PG thirteen as well? I think so. It might have been. I don't know. It feels like a slightly less intense Deborah Logan. Maybe it was R. I don't. But know. yeah. But I agree. Like if you're gonna do a double feature, a found footage. Yeah, these would go well. They'd go well. Feature. Yeah, they'd go well together. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, out of five poopy diapers to the face. I knew you were gonna go with that. One. <laughs> what else would I go with? And that was awesome. <laughs>
<laughs> when it happened, I was like, yes, <laughs> give it to him. <laughs> give it to him. He deserves it. It's terrible rapping. <laughs> How many do you give it? Oh, I wish I felt like I could go higher, but I'm going to give it a two and a half. All right. I'm going to give it a three. Ooh. Split scream. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it Split is. Split right wow. down the middle of that Split. depends. Very close. Very close. Yeah. But I just, I find it, I don't love it, but I, I think it's, I think it's decent. And I, I'm just, the score kind of goes off of how I felt about it initially, but. I really hope I never watch it again. Yeah, I'm not really excited to sit down and watch this again. But, you know, if people want to, maybe check it out. I don't know. All right. Moving along to Santa's Sleigh from 2005, uh, directed by David Steinman, who I, I discovered was like Brett Ratner's assistant at some point. So I'm like, oh, oh so that's how this movie had like, you know, real. I mean, like, see less celebrities. <laughs> throughout it but actual like people you recognize anyway the tagline is he's making a list pray you're not on it and the description is santa claus is actually a demon who lost a bet with an angel so he became the giver of toys and happiness but this year the bet is off and santa is about to return to his evil ways there you go that's basically it i mean the one great thing I'll say about it is like Santa is daddy. Oh yeah, Bill Goldberg. You know, you know how I feel about my pro wrestlers. I actors. know. So I know. Yeah. you have quite a boner for them, and so I'm, I figured I'm a, that's. I'm about that. I'm about that. But yeah, he was hot. Like I was like, yes, I will be naughty for you. And funny enough. Yeah. You know, like he was funny. Like here are the things I truly loved about this movie. I love the opening. Like when I read in the, oh like when I opened IMDb and like the first people list are like Fran Drescher and Rebecca Gayhart, I was so excited. And then they're dead in the first yeah, like, they just die four, in that three like, or four minutes, like so quickly. That opening scene is really like it makes the movie worth it. Oh yeah, the opening That's sequence is really great. and then the stop motion is like awesome. Oh, that, that part is really that fun that too. I wish the whole so movie good. was actually that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did love, love, love that. And then the other thing I'll say, those are the two things I loved. And then the other thing I appreciated was all of the, were all of the, like the, the creative kills. Like there's definitely a mm -hmm. lot of creative kills, which is fun. Speaking of uh, our, 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 uh, our friend, our favorite James A. Janice did a, uh, I watched uh kill count. He did a kill count of this and it's like, yeah, he's got a, appreciation for this it made me enjoy it a little more because pre-watching this movie this time i'm like this is not as fun as i remembered it being this it's mostly just bad i so, mean it's definitely problematic but a product yep. of its time when is it from 2005 2005 okay straight to video totally and I like i mean just like numerous words that should not be used in films today unless you're really mm -hmm. driving home a point but here it was just sort of just cruel yeah there's a couple of them where i was like whoa like <laughs> <laughs> yes for sure yeah uh, a couple of those bombs which is never fun um and here's speaking of in the last episode when we talked about links between our two movies another like the link here are the annoying kids because yes the kids part of both of these movies are so fucking annoying in this movie too oh my the god the annoying white kids yeah <laughs> in both films good god i was like, the absolute santa, worst why can't santa kill them 
Yes, I was really hoping that was going to happen. And Emily DeRaven is just like, oh my God. And like, James A. Janice, did you watch The Kill Count? Yes. And he's like, how did Emily DeRaven get like wrapped up in doing this? Like she was at the height of everything at this point. Yeah, who fucking knows? <laughs> and I was like, I thought it was weird. I'm like, why is she hitting on that kid? Like he looks like he was like 13, but he was like 21. Uh, he yeah. looks oh my, so really? young though. Holy crap. I think he was like 21, which he just like, he just looked too young. I'm like, why is she, that is not okay. Statutory rape is not a thing that should be happening. And then I was like, oh, he's not a baby. And also the fact that James Kahn was in the beginning. Yeah. James, James Kahn, you know, like, what the fuck? Sonny Corleone himself is in the beginning of this movie. It's just like how you talked about with um, Things Killing, how they must have paid that, paid that porn star all the yes. money of the budget. I bet the same sort of thing held here. Like, yeah, I bet they were all on set for a day and all got paid like whatever. I don't yeah, know most of the budget. Like Chris Kattan, even though like, you know, he's not much of a name, I feel nowadays, because what he hasn't really done much lately. But in the 2000s, that was a get to have him in there. He was yeah. still like known, a known commodity. So it's like, wow. I'm sure Rebecca Gayhart was just happy to get anything after she killed that kid. So mm -hmm. I'm sure she Even. was like happy to take it. But I, I do love her. I love her. Mm -hmm. She's but so pretty. It's fun, fun creative kills there. Like what I wanted though was more wrestling moves since you're gonna have a pro wrestler as a killer <laughs> Santa. Like there's a couple moments where he like lifts somebody up over his head and body slams him, you know? And it's like, that's fun. And he does spear tackle the guy that owns the deli. That was Goldberg's signature move uh, okay. in the ring was the spear tackle. So he doesn't through like the case into the guy. Uh, that was fun, but I wanted more of that. So this is totally off the subject, but speaking of James A. Janice and the kill count, like I really mm. enjoy the kill count, but this is something that's, I mean, my work at, at Ford is in uh, encompassing diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I've just been thinking a lot, like, especially this week, not to mention like for the past, like five or six months about gender roles and especially like the inclusion of non-binary people which we've discussed on here but like when it comes to things like award shows like everything is so laid out like best male best female and as it becomes more okay in the public eye for people to come out as non-binary mm -hmm. i wonder how those sorts of things will change and i now can't watch a kill count without thinking he's automatically assuming this is a man this is a woman getting killed yeah. and i'm like how do you know you don't know james they're just a bunch of strippers lots of those strippers could be non-binary strippers yeah you nobody yeah exactly i do it, it's funny you say that with awards too because i feel like we're moving aren't we at a point now where it should just be best person Best performer. You know, yes. Yeah, best performance, you know, something but like then, that. And not Joe gender and I were, it. Yeah, Joe and I were talking about it last night because then do you give two people the award just so it's not just one person winning overall? And then, I don't know, it just starts to get a little, then you're like narrowing down the wins. Mm -hmm. And I know some people are very traditionalist when it comes to things like that. Like they want their, you always have your, your main awards and like, they want the man and they want the woman to win. And, and I just, I don't know. I, I feel like we are moving towards a more inclusive looking at things as not so binary. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm intrigued to see where that goes, but like, I just can't watch kill counts anymore without 
like being thinking at the end when he's like five women and four men got killed and that is a, a gender ratio of 50 percent, whatever you know just spouting off numbers but I would um, encourage James H. Janice, who I know listens to our podcast every week, multiple times, to take that into consideration. If only. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm sure greater minds than ours, or at least I hope greater minds than ours, will be figuring these sorts of things out in the future, what to do with award shows and all that. So, But you got to start somewhere, and that's why we are... That's why we're talking about it. That's right. That's right. You got to start somewhere. You can't just... You know, tell others they have to change. You have to be a product of change yourself. So wherever mm -hmm. you can in your life, you know, as opposed to saying men and women, boys and girls, be more inclusive. That's a, a small way you can do it. People. Same. That's right. People, yeah. fam, team, y'all. Humans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I it's it's a fine movie. I, I don't know that I would watch it again. I... I know I say this a lot when it comes to films like this, but I wish I would have watched it when I was stoned. I yeah. wish it could have been a stoner movie of mine back in the day. I feel like this is a movie that I'm going to reserve in the, um, I'm going to put it in my list of uh, like, how the fuck did this get made kind of movies, like insane movies that I bust out for people like, oh, you've never seen Santa Slay. Well, sit down and put yourself through that experience and ask yourself, why God, how did this happen? <laughs> why God? I will. Oh, a little bit of trivia too, because the trivia wants to point it out all the time is uh, Bill Goldberg, who plays Santa Claus. And this is also famously Jewish. Oh, practicing Jew. So, you know, that's a little bit of trivia people like to throw in there. And actually a lot of the actors apparently in this were Jewish. So yeah, because it also I mean, I know it sort of feels like no one is safe. Everyone gets offend, offended or that it's offensive towards everyone, kind of like a South Park episode. But mm -hmm. Like having someone get killed with a menorah is a little bit. <laughs> a little much. A little much. And the only other thing I want to say is I was kind of excited when we got to the end credits and I was like, oh, I love a good blooper reel. And then I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because mm -hmm. they weren't like straight up bloopers. They weren't funny. They weren't goofs. <laughs> I, I was just like, what's happening? Yeah. What is this? This is the worst goof blooper reel I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Because they weren't. They were just like showing the scenes again, just not as good or something. I don't know. It was yep. very bizarre. That was so strange. Like, here's some alternate takes. That's exactly what it was. And I'm just like, I don't care enough to yeah. want that. No, I want But I hilarious. always love a blooper reel. I love a blooper reel. Oh, yeah. blooper Bloopers are great. The best. I love them. Love seeing people crack up. Have you ever seen, this is not a blooper reel, but um, one of the, I think, I, I Heart Huckabees, who directed that? Wes Anderson? Oh. No. No, David no. Uh, Russell? No. Let me look. Oh, wait, no, you're right. There are takes of him and Lily Tomlin, like, screaming at each other. Have you ever watched those on YouTube? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. You have to watch, like, I Heart Huckabees, Lily Tomlin fighting or something like that because they're in jester for real because i know it, david for real like they scream at each other there's a couple of them like they must have hated each other because there are as another scene in like a room and there's one in a car and one in a room and they are just the most uncomfortable things ever i will send them to you and if you're yes. out there listening look them up on youtube because they are some fucking crazy shit I know a lot of people have said uh, that have worked with david o russell say he's a gigantic asshole and he's like not a very liked director to have to work with. 
I mean, Lily Tomlin does not seem like much of a peach either. I'm not blaming either one of them, although he seems like a real dick, but they really lay into each other. I don't know why speaking of bloopers got me off on that, but I like to get off on things. So yeah, who doesn't? (laughs) Also, I looked it up real quick. This movie, Santa Slay, is this director's only movie that he directed. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would say, knowing that, I wish you would do something else because I think there's promise here. There's the promise of a new day, like Paula Abdul yes. would say. I think there is promise for something fun, like a fun... Take another crack at a like a goofy horror movie, like a parody-type horror movie like this was clearly supposed to be. It just wasn't, like, funny enough, I feel yeah. like, is the problem. Like, it... This, I mean, the, the entire premise of this damn movie is just that, hey, did you ever notice that Santa Claus looks kind of like Satan if you flip some letters around? Like, there you go. Santa is actually the son of Satan. <laughs> That's yep. the plot. Yep. So it's like, okay. And then curling. And <laughs> curling. Which is clearly like, that's a Canadian thing. This is not America in this movie. Like they must be. But I'm pretty sure too that this movie is supposed to be set in Michigan because they're in Hell Township. Like the only hell I know is Hell, Michigan. Uh, And somebody has a line where they mention Northville as a city. Oh, they do? Oh, I Yeah, he says like, I'm going to send you off to the loony bin in Northville, which like, and then if you know, Northville is a suburb of Detroit, if people don't know. And Northville is also where the mental hospital was many years ago. So I feel like this must have been written by a guy from Michigan or something. Huh. Yeah. Well, we're close to Canada, so. Yeah, we're close enough to Canada. They must be like, Michigan people love curling too, probably. Duh. I curl every Sunday afternoon at three. Up in bed. (laughs) Take a nap. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, okay. Out of five man-eating buffalo or bison or whatever the hell his like steed was that pulled his sleigh, man-eating buffalo, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it two. Uh, that's exactly what I'm going to give it as well, two. All right. Well, go ahead. Throw it on the slash. <laughs> yeah, this is not very great, guys. I thought this was better from what I remembered. But but Case if you want to do some dabs, I think that's what the kids say. Not like dabs, like with your arms, like over your eyes, but like pot dabs. Yeah. And hang out and watch this with some brewskis. You might have, have a good brewskis. time. Maybe even just hit yourself in the head with something. You know? Get a Aww. little like delirious and then watch this. It might improve it. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't hurt yourself. No self-harm. Okay. No self-harm. But you know what? Now I can say I've watched this. So thanks, yep. Jeremy. You've seen it. I've given you Thanks Killing, Santa Slay. I'm looking for all the like, what are legendarily terrible holiday themed movies going forward? So. Thank you. You're welcome. I I, <laughs> I I opted not to do Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, so you got Santa Slay instead. Oh boy, something for next year. Yep. If we make it that far. If we make it. I hope so. Well, our next episode, we have a very special guest. It's our 60th episode, which is super fun. Super duper excited. So can't believe we've been doing it for yeah. 60 friggin' episodes. And that will be our last episode of the year. Uh, so mm-hmm. come back and check us out. And get out there and do your Christmas shopping. And you know what? Make something from the heart. <laughs> make something out of a heart. Like, Go out Christmas shopping, but make something from the heart. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, spend like $2 on some crafts and make something really cool. You know what, guys? At this point, by the time you're listening to us, it's absolutely too late to order anything from Amazon. So you can't do that. So I think you are going to have to throw something together. If you have Prime, you should be able to get it in time. Uh, I don't know, man. Those timelines start getting pushed back around Christmas where it's like, you might not get it in time. So, But know that, you know, don't stress out. This is a time for love and friendship and family. So whatever those things mean to you. But also stress about your family. <laughs> so I get my shopping done by Thanksgiving. So I oh, am look at you. always enjoying this time. I have last minute shopping to go do soon. Well, enough, you so. better get going to do that. But don't yep. forget to hail Paymon. And as always, death to video drum, long live the new flesh. And keep watching scary movies. Keep telling everyone you meet about them. Yeah, keep listening to us. And as always, guys, remember, uh, the holidays sure can scare the dickens out of people. (laughs) And thank you for listening. Till next time. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.